51 of all the books. The, the official, official podcast of the David yeah, okay. A. Hale Public Library. You know what? I did the first 50. Yeah. You take over the You universe. want me to do this? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, you already did it. Well, no, you can do it. There's no point. I thought people thought 50, we just, we peaked and we were just going to stop, but no way. Yeah. We're back, just like yeah. the last couple seasons of your favorite TV show. They don't always, they don't always go as well. <laughs> okay, sure. They don't always go as well. Yeah. No. We're gonna, this is going to be even better, I think. Yeah. And, and we're, the past 50? Yeah. Do you know next week we will have been doing this for a year? I know. That's exciting. We just celebrated 50. Now we, we have should. to celebrate a year. Yeah, a year. So Another live, or not live, but another video yeah. episode. Yeah. That was great. So thanks again to Pete Mangles for yeah. recording that and editing it all together. I thought yeah. it turned out really well. Friend of the library, friend of the podcast. World. Yeah. World. Yeah. 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 Radio's Pete Mangles helping sure. us out. And I mean, we already are off to a good start because you guys know that beautiful music that starts this show. And that, yeah. Uh, they heard it as, as, this, as it started. Yeah. Not well, a minute ago. Well, we have the maestro himself, Mr. Ben Lehman. Take ben, it away! Say hello. Hey, everybody. Yeah, no, there he is. That I was, was kind of hoping he was going to sing his intro. No. He like, wasn't. hello, that everybody! Would be, that, would be good. that would be out of character, though. For Ben? Yeah. Sure. He's not. He's not going to put himself out there that way. <laughs> anyway, we're happy to have Ben. This is his first yeah. official appearance. Yeah. I mean, he's with us. Technically, he's the third member of this Yeah. He's podcast. with us musically. He's we the hear, George R.R. R. Martin We hear of his our sweet tones whenever he sings the Lonely Hearts Book Club intro, but... Now, now we got him live in person. So you you have to acknowledge what I said about George R. R. Martin, or people are going to think that I think the writer of Game of Thrones is the Beatles producer. Oh, that's a different. No, yeah. it's a different guy. Okay, different guy. <laughs> different guy. So anyway, boy, what, what are we going to do now? I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. And then also... Ben Lehman. There you go. Yeah. Three of us together again. Yeah. We're going to talk Neil Gaiman, folks. So fans, Not right now. Not yet. I'm yeah. just telling you, coming down the road... you got to listen know, to the rest. Slog, slog through the rest. and Don't tell them to skip ahead. Well, that's, they can. No, they can't. That's, I mean, what if they were listening? It's rude. It's and then rude. Their iPod crashed. Okay. Well, iPod? in that case, you don't have Jeez. to re-listen to this opening. Yeah. So, although I did hear from somebody who was listening to our '50s episode, and their internet kept buffering, so they heard us talk about the price of mayonnaise four or five times over and over and over again. Yeah. So now it's locked in their minds. Yeah, the price of mayonnaise. The price. Of I mayonnaise. can't even remember what so it was. I don't have like two dollars. No, like sixty, oh. sixty-two cents or right, something. Right, two dollars. Like I don't guess know. Then. We'll have to ask them because yeah. they're the ones. Who I bet they thought they were done hearing about the price of mayonnaise. No, until it's they back. It today. It's back. So, mayonnaise sixty-two. Mayonnaise sixty-two. <laughs> mayonnaise sixty-two. It's a flashback for him, so. Yeah. You're welcome, listeners. Yeah. What if they have to buffer this episode? <laughs> they might. <laughs> right I know. That would be really... All right. That would be sad. Welcome, man. Goes sad. <sighs> so, I'm going to be keeping track of this uh, of the time we do with this podcast with my brand new birthday watch. Ah, that's right. Given to my co-host, wow. Nick Gunning. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Thanks, and man. I'm glad that you were able to squeeze in your birthday I'm, so early in this episode. It, uh, that's impressive. <laughs> it is about uh, half past friends o'clock. Wow. And so, wow. Set your alarm you? for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Eric is 30, everyone. Yeah. And so far... He's on an upswing, yeah. so everything's yeah. fine. He's he's gonna come crashing down no, like hellfire. This has been a better thirty years than the last thirty years. Really? Yeah. That's just like our podcast. Yeah. We're turning a corner. We're yeah. starting a new leaf. Yeah. yeah. Really mellowed out. That's right. So fifty's uh, the new thirty. Yeah. And so, thirty's the new. It's still thirty. No. I... No, it stays right at thirty. Huh. So okay. yeah, that one doesn't well, that's change. Fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Well, let's talk bookmark, Eric. What have you been up to? What have you been reading lately? Well, I've been reading because I've been having a birthday. That's true. You've had quite an extravaganza. That's true. Tell them about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Was well, that part of what I've been reading? I guess it is in a sure, way. Yeah. Because you read so many plaques at the Rock and Roll. That's Hall That's true. Fame. I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, yeah. I thought the St. Louis Arc was in. Ohio, but I thought it was in Cleveland. Uh, so like as I was driving, I it's in St. Louis. I didn't know it was in St. Louis. Oh, okay, I'm like All I can't right. wait to see the Cleveland Arc. The Cleveland, okay. it's not there. No, no such thing. That's not in the Cleveland. Crazy. No. So no, went no. to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was pretty cool. Have you been, Ben? Have you ever been to that? Uh, I haven't. We actually um, 
I took a band books May term, and we were supposed to go there, but we ended up going to a Woodstock site instead. Oh, well, yeah. oh, that's I mean, that's, cool. that's a pretty good exchange. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice trade Yeah. Oh, I so. like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I yeah. love the store. That's like, yeah, like the every store is great. I got every piece there. of music you could ever want. Got a magnet. I, feel like. I got a pin for my uh, guitar case. Oh wow, so that's cool. Yeah, it's you're really time. doing it. Yeah. Okay, now you can tell me what you're. Reading. All right, I read The Girls by Emma Klein. Really? Yeah. Huh. Off, that's yeah. outside of your usual. I know it is. Um, I was gonna say it's not really like my jam. Yeah. And but it was still fine. Uh-huh. But I was a girl on the train, and I usually say that stuff. So I don't know. Your jam. Maybe my jam is your jam's changing. Yeah. Maybe it's hmm. anything. Yeah. Thirty. What are you gonna do? Yeah. You're thirty and flirty, so ready to just, try new books. I wanted something like page turnery. Was it page turnery? I don't yeah. know. I don't know the plot. Uh, a girl, like a teen girl, oh. I think she's about fifteen. Okay. Gets. Uh, Brought into like a Manson like cult. That's whole, right. Oh, the I whole remember. Story yeah. Okay. Is basically the Manson murders. Oh. Um, huh. With like fictional characters. Okay. So it's interesting. It mainly focuses like the main focus more on like gender politics. Okay. And, like young girls growing up <laughs> and everything. Um, it's remained popular. It's feel, I feel like it just came out of nowhere and then it's just like stuck while, there. Yeah. So um, you know, good. A lot of sex. Oh. Okay. So look out. Uh, content warning. Yeah. Uh, the murders are very grisly as well. Ooh, I can't handle um, that. It's it's not one it's not a book that I loved and the writing was very like purple prosy mm. you know kind of flowery with some descriptions and yeah, stuff that's... but it all kind of balances out near the end hmm. so I'd recommend it if this is something that you would normally read you know what <laughs> so I mean so if you're already gonna read if it if you've read Gone Girl continue. and Girl on the Train and that and you're into that's that funny. kind of I, I guess I just didn't realize it was in that vein at all I mean yeah. you see it Manson called so I guess that makes sense yeah but so if you're into like those kind of different. stories I think the girls is okay you know, there hmm. um, so. And then I I was gonna read something else off the New York Times bestsellers list, but everything else has like cruddy reviews. Like okay. I was gonna read uh, Before the Fall, but I got it on oh, Amazon, and yeah. all the recent reviews were like one star reviews. Really? So, huh. yeah. Anyway, okay. so instead I'm reading uh, The Cure for the Common Universe. Okay. By, give me a second. Okay, we're all uh, waiting. Christian McKay. <sighs> Heidecker. Okay. Heidecker. Yeah. All right. Cure for the Common. This is a young adult book about a boy whose dad sends him to video game rehab. Oh. So the character plays too much video games, and so his dad sends him to a video game rehab where you get experience points like in a video game for doing healthy activities, such as <laughs> making a healthy meal or exercising That's or a good participating deal. in the sports. And you have it. to get a million points to be able to get out. However, the main character needs to be out in four days because wow. he has a date. His first date is on Friday. Oh, boy. So he's got to try to cheat the system. Yes, he does. Uh, it's okay. It's young adult good, and but, it's, okay. the writing itself is like that young adult that you always hope YA isn't going to be. No. You know what I mean? A yeah. little written down. Okay. There's video game references without explanations. Mm. Like He's like, as I enter the building, it looks like Bioshock. So if you haven't played the game Bioshock, he doesn't then go on to explain mm. why it's like Bioshock. I see. So um, for his target audience, maybe it will be enjoyable. I'm hoping... I'll like it by the end. Okay. It seems harmless and cute enough. Interesting. So. All right. Cool. Yeah. You read anything good lately, Ben? Um, let's see. Well, I did start reading Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman, but I'm not oh. too far in it yet. Okay. Yeah, I don't know chapters. that one. Um, I know of it. Yeah. More recently, yeah. Uh, I've been more like audiobook listening. Oh, okay. So, um, I, the last audiobook I finished listening to was... Um, 
Before You Are Engulfed in Flames by David Oh, Sedaris. Sedaris. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. reads that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's He's such a great reader. Amount. And uh, it's like interspliced with like live audience readings, which is always the best because yeah. you get to hear the reaction yeah. in the room. So, yeah, I find that. he changes just a little. I love David Sedaris. I yeah. feel like my favorite is probably Just Your Family and Corduroy and Denim. I don't know if okay. you read that one. Uh, no, I like yet. Me Talk Pretty One Day is sort of the classic, but... Yeah, I love all his stuff. What did you just read? Holidays on Ice, Eric. Holidays on Ice. Oh, That's okay. the only one I read. All right, but you could have just said yes. Rather yes. Than, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I was reading this Swarm War, that that Star Wars book, the third in that trilogy, and then I put it aside because I got caught up in the hype of the Harry Potter apocrypha, and I read uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child by Jack. Yeah, Dorn. you did. So is this the first official review. My of any, first official no of anybody. Yeah, nobody else has talked no about it No one else has covered all. this book. No, that's not true. You've heard it here first. I gotta say, though, I really liked it. Wow. I don't know what I was expecting. Ben, have you read all the Harry Potters? Uh, I have, yeah. You have. Are you yeah. a fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you plan to read The Cursed Child? I, I don't really know. Okay. I mean, I, it wasn't something I was that interested in, Well, honestly. me neither, and then I just sort of, like, I don't know, everybody was talking about it, and I think one of the reasons why I liked it so much is because I'm, I'm in the habit of reading scripts, so I feel like you'd feel the same way. Yeah. You know, you just adapt really quickly to, like, this is a script. And there's not a lot of, like, it's really, I mean, it's just dialogue. There's not a lot of stage direction or anything, so it's, it goes quickly, but <laughs> I like the story. I thought it felt, I thought it felt like it was, magical, know, real, like, oh, like a real Harry real Potter story. story. You know, so um, I can't imagine how they'd stage it. It's so elaborate. That's, it must just yeah. be a crazy spectacle. That's what I keep so, hearing. I'll definitely check it out. But yeah. there was just a point where I felt like I had gotten everything I wanted to out of the Harry yeah. Potter universe. Well, I wasn't like hungry for more. And I'd not really feel, I know some people are like, it's a, the, the next book. And I don't really feel like it's that. I just feel like it's, it's interesting. It's interesting for what it is. And if you can go in knowing you're reading a Harry Potter script written by someone else and you can just sort of process that, I think that you'd enjoy it if you're a fan. Eric, I don't think you did. Did you say it written by somebody else? Didn't she write it? No, it, I mean, it says based on a story by J.K. Rowling and two other people and written by, what is it? James Jack, Patterson. Jack Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think the actual you know, pen to paper writing was Jack Thorne. I'm sure she had some involvement. You know, Maybe I'll get back into Harry Potter when she starts it. releasing uh, Harry Potter book shots. Yeah, Harry Potter so. bookshots. Yeah. Man, oh, you know what? Boy. I just made J.K. Rowling millions of dollars yeah, with that did. one yeah. sentence. Yeah. She's it's like, a great oh, idea. What a great idea. I also idea. read uh, another Dear Abby collection. I don't know why. What is going on? I don't know. Are I, you looking for answers yourself No, I've, just, I've been reading the column, and then we had a couple in the system, so I picked them up and read through them quickly. This one was from 1958, so it was, it was sort of fun to see what's the same and what's different, but huh. I enjoyed that. Anyway. If you need some chicken soup for the soul, man, we can just talk you're it out. You're here. Okay. You're here so we're here. Speaking of bookshots... <laughs> Did I you also, read one? I picked up a James Patterson bookshop. Is this the first one you've read? Yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Let's Let's Play Make Believe by James Patterson and James or Jason O'Born. James, That's new, right? James O'Born. Yeah, it is new. It's uh it's one of the it's I think maybe one of the newest, but anyway, I'm enjoying it so far. It it actually doesn't feel that much like a James Patterson to me. Okay. A lot of the other ones like NYPD Red or Private or whatever, whether or not you like them, I feel like they still have that James Patterson vibe. This feels very different. Hmm. And I don't recognize this co-author, so I feel like it's somebody that, I don't know, maybe he's using the bookshots to sort of try out new people. So sure. I'm enjoying it. It's good. All I right. mean, it's, it's for what it is. It's just a quick, fast-paced bookshot. But I'll let you know when I finish <laughs> yeah. it. I had Barnes & Noble's having a special where like... You Wait, you haven't one. finished a bookshot? No, I just You're started. defeating the purpose, man. I know, I know. You're supposed to read it like in one commute. But they had like a buy one, get one thing. So I oh, got yeah. one and they sent me another one. So okay. I read a few. I don't know. I probably won't stick with it long term. But sure. it, was a, it was a fun little thing. So I'm doing that and I'm going to get back to the Swarm War so I can finish that. It's Star Wars Trilogy by Troy Denning. 
Darkness trilogy. Okay. So that's me. That's what I'm up to. All right. Should we talk about upcoming books? Yeah. Book, book news. news. We're moving to our book news Did segment. Did you look at Ben to see if that was okay? No, I was just waiting for him to play the book news theme. I, oh, assu- yeah, I assume he came with book you. Book news. Yeah. Book news. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Lock that in. Yeah. All right. So. I didn't appreciate there was no part in that for me. You could have jumped in, man. It was freestyle. I, I, I didn't feel like it. It was freestyle. I was welcome. Okay. Well, I'm not going to ask you if you want to go first because you always want me to go first. Yeah. And so I'm, to I'm, start, I'll read. No. 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 <laughs> so I'm going to start with large print. All right, sure. so buckle up, Eric. All right. Oh, hey, well, this is sort of transitions well because sure it's, is. Uh, the Does. one, <laughs> the one man by Andrew Gross. So Andrew Gross uh, started, I think, as I think he got his big break as working along with James Patterson. He he wrote a lot of co-authored. Oh, it's a good segue from something you were. Yeah, talking a lot about of co-authored uh, James Patterson stuff, and now he's he's you know pretty legit on his own. Yeah. We always get his books; they're always popular. So he's got one called The New they're Man. They're grossly popular. Yeah. I'm sorry. The New Man uh, coming out in large print August 23rd. 1944, physics professor Alfred Mendel is separated from his family and sent to the men's camp where all his belongings are tossed on a roaring fire. His books, his papers, his life's work, the Nazis have no idea what they've just destroyed. And without that physical record, Alfred is one of only two people in the world with his particular knowledge. Knowledge that could start a war or end it. Do you think it ends World War II? You know, I think it might have been more compelling if they said knowledge that could end a war or start a new one. There you go. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't write these, so who, who's to say? Yeah. So that's new from uh, Andrew Gross coming out. That's We're going to get that in large print for sure. sure. Uh, another large print. Oh, we got a Western. Save, it for, save it for our Western episode sequel. Mm. I think that was our our fewest listens was the Western episode. Yeah. Nobody, nobody so, likes Westerns. No. Nobody wants to read, watch, or I think or people who like Western. Westerns don't like podcasts. There's very there few. Yeah. There's very They're few crossover. They're not on the range listening uh, to a podcast. Max Brand. Max Brand, of course, a huge name in the Western genre. A huge brand. Yeah, I like it. No problem. Uh, on a cold... Oh, sorry, this is... Tor- this is where you could laugh. Torture <laughs> Feel free, yeah. <laughs> Torturous Trek by Max Brand. On a cold, gusty night in Circle City, Alaska, Sammy Day walks into Nagel's Bar. He is only 22, but he has been on his own for 10 years. He has worked cattle from Montana to Chihuahua, but a little accident at a poker table in Montana sent him on a forced march to Alaska to avoid a posse. He is down to his last $50. Okay. Max Brand. Yeah. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Standard print. We have Kay Hooper returning to form with her Bishop slash Special Crimes Unit series. That's the daughter of Mr. Hooper? No. Oh. And you're also thinking of Mr. Cooper. Who's Hooper? I don't know. Somebody's a Mr. Hooper. I don't think so. Ben. I do know no. He doesn't, he, he doesn't know. I do know no. Wait. <laughs> I heard it, but I was going to leave it alone because no he's our guest. He's guest yeah. Wait for Dark, book 17 in uh, K. Hooper's popular series. An SCU team investigates a string of accidents only to uncover a deadly and deliberate monster. In the latest novel from New York Times bestselling author, K. Hooper. So that's coming out uh, with quite, quite a ways down the road here. So keep an eye out for that, K. Hooper fans. Ellen Hildebrand. Uh, uh, she, I just want to say, Trichard's transition from you talking about monsters mr hooper was one of the first four human characters on sesame street oh okay so that that must be what you were thinking yep uh he died in 1983 yeah so So. you guys have no overlap 
Uh, Winter Storms, Ellen Hildebrand. Now, she just came off the bestseller list. She's had a new one. Hildebrand? It's, yeah, Ellen She Hildebrand. might still be there. You think? We won't know until we check. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> this is the third in her Winter Trilogy. Oh, actually, I've read the first in this trilogy. You're so have to I keep know, going. Yeah, I know some of the story. All these characters through their lives. Uh, this, this is like a Christmas series. Gather under the mistletoe for one last round of caroling with the Quinn family and this heartwarming conclusion to Ellen Hildebrand's bestselling Winter Street Trilogy. I like the first one okay. It didn't. It wasn't great. I mean, it was fine for a Christmas read. Uh, I don't know if I would... I mean, I'll probably read all three because it's slim pickings with good Christmas books. <laughs> Plenty of bad Christmas books. Yeah. More than you'd ever want. Yeah. Charlene Harris, All the Little Liars. This is book nine in her Aurora Tear... Tea Garden series. I don't think this she is... wrote this to you as a personal letter, right? Yeah, she did. She did. I don't think this is connected at all with the Suki Stackhouse books. Okay. Uh, number one New York Times bestseller Charlene Harris returns to her Aurora Tea Garden mystery series with a fabulous new book featuring a small town Southern librarian. Oh, us! Oh my gosh, you and me are going to be in this new book. We're neither <laughs> small town nor Southern, but sure, I guess we're small town. I could be. We could be a small town. Yeah. yeah. Y'all okay. come here to check out a book. Yeah, you got it, y'all. That's you got it down got. pat. Finally, uh, coming out, and this is a this is a YA. Okay. So I'm sorry to step on your toes, but I yeah, got yeah, to do yeah. it. Gwenda Bond has her next Lois Lane book. It was yeah. just announced. Uh, so so far, there's been Lois Lane Fallout, Lois Lane Double Down. These follow a teenage Lois Lane. Uh, so far, I've really enjoyed the series. I loved the first one. The second one was a bit of a letdown, uh, but I'm hoping it was a back. Double letdown. Yeah, it was a double letdown. Double the down. Third one coming out May first, twenty seventeen. So quite a ways. Wow. Lois Lane triple threat. So if you're a fan of that, so are they doing like the uh, Janet Ivanovich? I don't thing know. I wondered that each, too. Yeah. So like yeah, quadruple trouble or something. Yeah, quadruple trouble. It rolls off the tongue. That's what, great. What's, what's T? What's three? Triple what? Triple threat. Triple threat. Oh, so I yeah. guess it has to be quadruple. West. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. That's perfect. All right. Well, that's what I got. So those right. are, you can look for those in the next couple of months. Uh, Gwenda Bond's Lois Lane is not coming out until May. So that's quite a while. Eric, okay. what do we got this week? All right. It's Slim Pickens this week. I mean, we're in August. When do, when do, I mean, when do books really start coming out for adults? Because for like young adults, mm-hmm. as soon as September hits, like all the big guns come out for the teen books. Yeah, I think this is sort of a slow time. I think it's bigger for like, I think you get a lot of paperback output at mm. this point. Uh, I think they sort of slow down with the big hardcovers. At this point, they probably push it a little closer to like the Christmas. Right. You know, September, we'll, get a big, we'll get a big burst. Is when all like the big YA sequels come okay. out. Like yeah. part of the big yeah, series. That makes sense. So, yeah. You're in school then. Anyway, right, so we got that slim, slim pickings. Yeah, say. the book that matters most. It's a novel by Anne Hood. Is she somebody I should know? I don't know her. Okay, neither do I. It's an enthralling novel about love, loss, secrets, friendship, and a healing power about literature by the I, best-selling author of the Knitting Circle. I love all those things. Knitting Circle, best-selling author. Knitting Circle. Okay. Are we, are we just saying stuff? I was just okay. It's somebody. Another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson. Set in 1970s Brooklyn, the acclaimed best-selling National Book Award-winning author of Brown Girl Dreaming delivers a searing tale of friendship, hopes, and the realities of an adult coming too soon. Adulthood coming too oh. soon. Not an adult coming too soon. Okay. So, that's all. Okay. That's not all the books I have. I'm sorry. Right. Family Tree by Susan Wiggs. It's sometimes the Oh, greatest... she's popular. Susan Wiggs? Yeah. Uh, yeah sometimes the greatest like dream starts with the smallest element, like mm. fire. Did you say the smallest elephant? Yes, the smallest elephant. That, that like the one be, John Hammond That would be the greatest the dream. Beginning of Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. I wonder why, why didn't they put that in the movie? The Him walking around with a tiny elephant? little elephant. I don't know. Yeah. The one that he was always scared that was getting yeah. a cold? Yeah. Don't know. Weird. Maybe just, no. yeah. A single cell joining with another and then dividing. And just like that, the world changes. Oh, mm. she's talking about reproduction. Okay. 
Family Tree is the story of one woman's triumphs over betrayal and how she eventually comes to terms with her past. It is the story of joys unrealized and opportunities regained. Mm. Complex, clear-eyed, and big-hearted, funny, sad, and wise. It is a novel to cherish and to remember. Well, let's, let's do it. Let's All cherish right. it and remember it. Okay. Playing Dead, A Journey Ooh. Through the World of Death Fraud Ooh, by Elizabeth boy. Greenwood. Wow. Uh, this is a darkly comic inquiry it would into have to be. how to fake your own death the disappearance industry, and the lengths to which people will go to be reborn. Is that a big... people doing that a lot? I, I thought, don't know. I, I thought that was just sound like Melrose Place, but is that... She says... I gotta says, update my so references. She <laughs> sets off to for, uh, into the world of death fraud, where for $30,000 a consultant can make you disappear, but your suspicious insurance company might ha- hire a private detective to dig up your coffin, only to find it filled with rocks. Mm. Playing Dead is utterly fascinating and charmingly bizarre investigation into an our all-too-human desire to escape from the lives we lead and the men and women desperate enough to lose their identities and their families to begin again. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Would you fake your own death? What, would I fake my own death? No, probably yeah. not. Okay. No. What were you going to ask me? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, listeners. Yeah. All these books come out August 9th, okay. 2016. All right. That is about uh, two days after my birthday. Yeah, two days. Is... Two days into year 30. Yeah. So. so, pretty rough. You had a question? Pretty rough About for that you. book? No. Oh. No. You heard it, right? He was about to ask a question. Yes, if you would. No, you asked him. I don't know. Yeah, okay, see? Ben. Why we'll, are you here? We'll play back the tape. All right. Just kidding. I contain multitudes. The what? Might... <laughs> this is a book title. Sorry. Creepy. <laughs> That's not just that was just explaining. a statement. <laughs> I contain That multi- wasn't even your voice. <laughs> All right. I contain multitudes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the microbes within us and a grand review of life by Ed Young. Okay. Uh, Adnan's story. The Search for Truth and Justice After Serial. Oh, Serial yeah, yeah. being a podcast. I guess you could say Serial is part of like our, uh, they're colleagues of us. Yeah. Because yep. they do podcasts, yep. we do podcasts. My wife loves that podcast. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're our contemporaries. Yep. So anyway, so this is a Serial told only one part of the story. Yeah. Do you know who does the Serial podcast, what her name is? No. Okay, is it? Rabia Chandri? Nope. <laughs> I still, you friend. can ask me a question, but I still won't uh, know the answer. Maybe it is. There are a lot of, ser- I don't, I've never listened to Serial. Okay. You? No, no, let's keep talking about ben? it since I neither of us no. know anything. Well, all right, well, there's a book coming out of a Serial. If you listen to Serial, check out this book, okay. Adnan's Story by right. Rabina Chandri. All right. Uh, three Sisters, Three Queens by Philippa Gregory. I, I'm not into those books. They're historical fiction, uh, Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, too, and they're all like inter- interweaving, like there's, you know, you can read like the sisters series, or like, and they all overlap. Huh. It's a, it's an undertaking. Okay, um, this says that the quote from the book is: "There is only one bond that I trust between a woman and her sisters. We never take our eyes off each other. In love and in rivalry, we always think of each other." Wow. I don't have a. I mean, I'm not a sister. I have sisters. Yeah. But I'm not myself a sister, so I don't know if I... I, I, I can't confirm or deny that. What about you? I understand. Uh, yeah, I agree that you are not a sister. <laughs> okay. But that you have sisters. All right. So Last book I got. Insidious. It's an FBI thriller by Catherine Coulter. Oh. This is book 20. Yeah. In the series. She's putting yeah, all your she's FBI another big series one. to shame. She is, yeah. I'm not, you gotta catch up. I'm not nearly that far. Yeah, it's the 20th thriller in the New York Times bestselling author Catherine Coulter's FBI series... Agents Savick and Sherlock must discover who's trying to murder Venus Rasmussen, a powerful, wealthy society icon. They soon find out that the danger may be closer than expected. I'm sorry, did you say this is a team-up between Lieutenant Savick from Wrath of Khan and Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Weird. Okay. 
Lieutenant so Savick is uh, Christy Alley? Christy Alley, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And who's playing Sherlock Holmes in this situation? I guess Benedict Cumberbatch. I was going to suggest maybe uh, Robert Downey Data, Jr. Data in the Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Make that, it all work. That checks out. Sure. Let's <laughs> keep it Star Trek. Yeah. Although Benedict Cumberbatch sort of played Khan, so, you know. Oh, yeah, I would say so it's Star a big Trek. connection. Sure, yeah. yeah. Right there. Uh, is that a spoiler? Right uh, no, it's not. Are you sure? I'm positive. Mm. Go on. All right. Now we're at the New York Times bestsellers list for our Okay, cover let's do it. I'm excited. I'm ready to hear it. All right, I gotta start at ten. Yeah. Um, this is it's weird though. Number eleven is the games mm-hmm. by James Patterson. I thought that would have been higher with the, the oh, Olympics starting. With the games, yeah. Maybe like in a week it will be back up. People there. tend to like right away grab those. You yeah. Know, like, and they come out so quickly. It's like if you're two weeks late on a James Patterson, just wait four more days and get the new one. That's true. Oh, hey, before the fall is down at twelve, Uh-oh. looks like I made the right call. I guess so. All right, number ten. Eight weeks on the list. End of Watch by Stephen King. Okay. Now, this Hang is Nick's there. brother. I'm glad it's doing what... No, it's not. It's not your brother? No, he's a famed... Your uh, brother's not... Isn't horror named novelist Steve. from Maine. He, his name's Steve, but he hasn't written books. My brother hasn't written books. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he so hasn't told he you. He might. Maybe he has a secret journal. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'd read it if I found it. You, you, no. You're glad this book is doing well. <laughs> I'm glad it's doing well because I like Stephen King, but I did not like that book. Yeah. I want. I just want to put the Hodges trilogy behind all of us okay. and just move forward with something that does not have anything to do with... Uh, what if he comes out with the fourth book? No, I don't want to read that. You thought it was the end of a trilogy. I don't want that, and I don't want the... Uh, what is that? The, it's dark Tower. Ugh. No Dark Tower. No Hodges trilogy. Okay. No sequels. Let's just... Yeah. We already talked about that go forward. an episode ago. The I Rabbit know. Hole episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Magic at number nine by Danielle Steele. She's at it again. Yeah. Number eight. Ooh, this is new. Heroes of the Frontier by Dave Eggers. Josie, a former oh. dentist, is on the run from a bad relationship and on the lam in the Alaskan wilderness with her children. He's got a lot going on right now because the hologram for the king just was adapted into a movie with Tom Hanks. Yeah, Cir- the cir- Did it? Yeah. The Circle was being adapted into a That's movie true. with Tom Hanks. Yeah. So I guess they're just adapting Dave Eggers' books yeah. starring Tom Hanks. So maybe this one, call your agent, Tom Hanks. Yeah. He probably doesn't have to call his agent. They probably call him. Yeah. I would think. Ben, thoughts on uh, Dave Eggers or Tom Hanks? Um, I did read a little bit of his memoir, uh, Heartbreaking Work of Stagger Eggers? Genius. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was, it was pretty good. It huh. was a little bit overwritten, but it was really heartfelt. I didn't get like into the circle. Sickness. I didn't get into the circle. About his what? Mother's sickness. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. I'll probably see the circle. And I kind of right. want to see Hologram for the King, too. Oh, there you go. That sounds good. Tom All Hanks right. is also in Inferno, the, yeah. uh, the new Ron Howard, Dan Brown and he's going to be Langdon in Toy book. Story 4. Are they really doing that? They're really making it in Toy Story 4. When are they bringing back Bosom Buddies? I, I don't know. Someone call I don't Peter. think that's Pixar. Someone call Peter Scolari. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's you know, accepting all phone well. calls. Is there a sequel to Splash yet? Let's make that No, happen. they just announced doing a, uh, a remake. Oh, a gender yes. swapped one with... Uh, they did. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yes, Channing Tatum will be the mermaid now. Oh, merman? So, merman, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. I, I mean, I'm sure in the movie, people are like, oh, it's a mermaid. And you'd be like, I'm a merman. Probably. That's my Janet Tatum impression, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, I've never seen knows. the original Splash. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, it's an 80s comedy. Did you say so, Splash yeah. is a splash? It makes a splash, makes, certainly. Okay. Yeah. Is that what people say if something's fun? It makes that a splash. That was a splash. Yeah. No, no nobody, nobody says, says that. that. Not even in, like, the 70s? No. Not even then. Okay. All right, what's next on our list? Uh, number seven, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony, Anthony Dewar. Man. So, Anthony can do or no wrong these, with this book. One of these days they're going to put out a paperback, and I won't have to hear about it anymore. That's true. We haven't seen Girl on a Train. No, I know. It's gone. Two weeks. It's on a, no. It's Number on six. Paperback Express. The Nightingale by Kristen Henna. Speak of the devil. Who, Nightingale? Yeah. Or Kristen Henna? It's just another one that I'm sick of. 
Yeah. Nightingale. I mean, I'm good you for You have no that. patience with this. Again, good for them, list. please. Uh, number five, First Comes Love. Mm. All right. I want some newbies on here. Number four, Then Comes Marriage. Yeah. Just kidding. That, a... that is the sequel, though, right? I it would have to be. Yeah. It would have to be. Number four, Two Weeks on the List, The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. Oh, yeah. This is the travel writer on a cruise when she's certain she hears a body thrown overboard, but no one believes her. Again, that, that'd be hard. I guess yeah. maybe she's hearing like screaming and splashing rather yeah. than just like a splash. I mean, just as a body thrown overboard, I yeah. hear. I imagine if it was a sound, you'd hear somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. The human right, body makes a very certain sound when hitting the water. <laughs> uh, number three, seven weeks on the list. The Girls by Emma Klein. Oh yeah. So this. You're so relevant. You I am. That. I'm. A, I'm reading a top three best-selling yeah. book. I don't think I'm going to read the rest. Okay. So well. Uh, Oh, it takes place in the summer of 1969. Okay. And she lives in California. Summer of 69? Yeah. That Maybe song? Bruce Springsteen? Was that Bruce Springsteen no. who does that? No. Who is that? One, I don't know. I always think that's Bruce Springsteen. Is it and Rod Stewart? I don't no, know. No, it's not Rod Stewart. It's Sorry. a guy who's like 15 when he sings the song, so there's oh. no way he could have been around in the summer of 69. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, number two, Black Widow by Daniel Silva. Oh, Brian Adams. Duh. Stupid. Yeah. All right, it's not Bruce Springsteen, it's Brian Adams. Well, I knew it wasn't With apologies to the boss. Sure. It may be Brian Adams. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Okay. Uh, the Black Widow by... No, you're Daniel. Miss, Daniel Silva. Is this number one? It's number two. Two. Okay, ooh, a new number one. I'm excited. Yeah. Number one, Truly Madly Guilty by Leanne Moriarty. Okay. Tense turning points for three couples at a backyard no. barbecue gone wrong. I'm not excited about this. What? No. Tense turning points. I mean, good for her. Good for her. Again. Three couples at a backyard. I don't want to. It goes wrong. No. I don't think I like it. Okay. Seems right. like the New York Times bestsellers list is just thrillers. Do you ever notice that for fiction? Well, I, th- yeah, I think those tend to be the ones that people buy, you know, that they go and like, oh, oh I want to own this. Like, I got to read it right just now. just to depress me, man. Yeah, you're weird about stuff. You're weird. We all know that. Ben? Yeah, I don't really like him that much. Thank you, Ben. Okay. Kind of with you. Fine. Ben writes wonderful music. That's true. So. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Are we done with this New York Times bestseller list? Yeah, we are. Okay. You're done with it. Well, that. Eric, uh, I, have, I have some news for you. I'm using my authority to demote you from uh, co-host of this podcast. What? Uh, and I'm promoting Ben to the new co-host. So, Ben, here, here's your, uh, what? Here's your I sheet. We, I think we switched seats now. Yeah. It's, what? It's okay. you, can, you can stay in your seat. We'll allow you to stay in your seat What's for your happening? comfort. Anyway, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, episode 51 of the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm on? Mick Gunning. And I'm Ben Lehman. No! Joining us today in the studio, we have a special guest, former co-host of uh, All the Books, catching up with Eric Mickles. Eric, welcome to the show. I, I need to talk to my agent. Say hello. Say I'm in my Hi, car. everybody. Don't. This Thanks for joining us. This isn't staying this way. Anyway, uh, Eric is Eric's going to stay with us. We have a, we're having, we're doing a special Take Five birthday edition uh, with Eric as our guest. So, Eric, uh, the Take Five segment, if you'll recall, yeah. is um, well from your days on the show right. when you when you were hosting. Sure. Uh, if you'll recall, um, this is where we ask you five quick questions, yeah. and we get your answers. Uh-huh. You know, and then the guests traditionally leaves so we'll see we'll we'll see what happens so take five question number one eric in your opinion who is the strongest animorph protagonist and why (laughs) well i mean that's subjective because you're talking about his that's why i said in your in your opinion who who carries the story who who's the most compelling well i mean jake is the you know he doesn't want to be the leader but he is the leader and his, his battle morph is a tiger okay so but rachel's like you know she's the real warrior of the group yeah 
So okay, with the grizzly bear morph. So you're gonna go for K. Applegate's Animorph series. Well, your, I mean, it's gonna be Jake because he's the leader. Your top choice is gonna be Jake. Yeah. All right, you're gonna. You're he a Jake starts man. the series. He's book one. Okay. Thank you. I think I have my answer. All right, number two in your top five. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> you have a story, dramatic career, Eric. So, yeah. what was the best line you've ever spoken in a play? The best line I've ever spoken yeah, in a play. Fa- favorite line from a play. Oh my gosh. Uh probably from a, oh you know what it's gonna be my first play it's gonna be what was house on the cliff where okay. i say the most modern uh, most ultra modern most ultra modern updated motel court. motel court in all the state yes yes so, eric in the role such a of silly such a silly line to was. say as my at, at the really dramatic point of the it, play yes, too it was me revealing my scheme i yeah. was just trying to kill somebody and get their insurance money so that i could Open a motel. Yeah, you go in the motel business. <laughs> that was Eric as a nefarious Corey Phillips yeah. from George Batson's House on a Cliff. Yeah. All right, Eric, your third take five question. Shouldn't I also be asking something as, as, as the, the host? As the guest? The guest typically the doesn't ask questions. It doesn't really <laughs> make sense. Yeah. Uh, ben and I will take a vote. Should he be able to? No. 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 Okay, that's two. All right, uh, question three. Eric, where do you feel the Red Hot Chili Peppers really solidified as a band? Well, I mean, as soon as John Frusciante came on, okay. guitar, John Frusciante and Chad Smith. So, so what album is that? I guess What's that, the... I'm pretty sure that's when Chad Smith came on, too. It was uh, uh, Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk, okay. But Blood Sex, or Blood Sugar Sex Magic is where they, you know, were like, we're the Chili Peppers now. Okay, and you, if you had to hold up one album, you're on a desert island, you can only take one Chili Pepper album. Oh you, you know, my do? favorite is By the Way, yeah. but I'm probably going to take Stadium Arcadium on the island. Because it's a double. It's a double Yeah, album. that's more, more tracks. Okay. There we go. All right. All right, Eric. What is the best tabletop game you've ever played and why? Okay. <laughs> this could take a while. Yeah. We could be here for hours. <laughs> that I played, so not that I ran. So I didn't yeah. run the Dungeons & Dragons campaign in this No, anything this anything you want. No, it's, oh up, my gosh. it's up to you. Oh ben, ben and I, as the host of this show, will allow, oh, we'll allow you some leniency. Right. Oh, man. I mean, like, the best one I played was the one that I... Oh, no. I got to change the answer. It okay. Was, me and my two uncles, we, we did a game where... Uh, my uncle ran a game where it, we were like samurais in this uh, fake uh, universe called Rokugan, which is part of the Legend of the Five Rings series. Okay. And that one was probably like the most fun to play. Because okay. it was just the two of us like playing, and I uh-huh. was like this scout samurai, and we always got into bad business, always sharing our you know low-class wisdom with uh, epic, timeless monsters. Mm-hmm. Good time. Okay, but I did run a dinosaur fake Jurassic Park game for two friends one time, well, and it was it was pretty scary. That's pretty good. Too. At one point, yeah. I had to describe a situation, and we were all like, "This is kind of creepy," including wow. me. Wow. So you even got yourself. Yeah. Okay. Your final take five question is, yeah. Eric, you have to lead the X Men. Which four members comprise your ideal team? Nightcrawler. Okay. Storm. Wolverine and Colossus. That was not even a, a beat of hesitation. No. You think there, I haven't asked myself was, this question every day no, in my life? There was no trick editing in that. <laughs> nope. He just spit it right out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Eric, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. From all the books. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, along with my co-host, Ben, <laughs> want to wish you a happy birthday. Sure. We okay. want to thank you for coming on the show. Well, so yeah. Now okay. I'm back to what? being the oh, co-host. I'm sorry, hold on a minute. What was that? His contract says what? I can't replace the host. He has to... Okay, all right. Ben, in an unfortunate turn, um, I'm going to have to let you go. Uh, Eric, uh, if, if you'll come back, I, I, I would be happy to have you back. Do you, uh, do you accept? Yeah, I mean, we're back on equal footing, though, right? Like co-host to co-host. Well, sure. It's your birthday, so yes, we'll <laughs> okay, say great. yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Eric, uh, as your first day back, I know you're going to be a little bit rusty. Yeah. 
Uh, why don't you... Welcome to the 27th episode. No, 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 no. We're oh, in 51. Sorry. All right, 51. episode... Welcome to 51 episodes yeah. of all the books. And joining us today, we have a special guest star to talk about Neil Gaiman. Mr. Did you say guest star? Yeah. He, so, in two episodes, he's gone from co-host to guest star. He's a special a guest star. Yeah, I wasn't is. a guest star. He is. It's, it's all right. It's all right. Anyway, we have a special guest star. Uh, for, former for, Former co-host of all the books, Mr. Ben Lehman. Ben. <laughs> Hi. Hey, it's great to have you back. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Here. I know. To have, to have you guys together like this, you know, me... Uh, as the primary host with both of my uh, former co-hosts, it's, I hope there's no friction between you I know, guys. It's a little awkward. I think I together, I think we can come together to talk about Neil Gaiman today. So, huh. um, Eric, yeah, man, when did you first discover Neil Gaiman? Okay, what Sorry. would be the, all right? What would be the first thing? <laughs> I just got. I, it's been a topsy turvy. I know. Yeah, you, you've been through the ringer right now. Sure, like, sure. Coming back from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It's, uh, a, it's a rags to riches story. It really is. I so. mean, I started rich. Yeah. Because I had the position. Yeah. And then yeah. I lost they it. lost it. And I, then yeah. You got it back. It's weird because you are my agent. Yeah, so I know. I know. Well, I drive a I hard gotta, market. I got to talk yeah. to my agent next time. Yeah, I know. So I think I first heard of, first heard of Neil Gaiman. There was this, um, I think it was like in 2003. Okay. When, or 2002, uh, BBC or some like show was doing like a history of comics. And it was a... It was a really good one for me because I was, like, getting into comics. And I had only really read X-Men and, like, satellite Marvel stories and maybe, like, a few Batman graphic novels or something like that. But they they went through, like, the 60s through 80s. And they really covered the 80s a lot. And in there, um, after they talked about Dark Knight Returns by Frank Millar. And um, I said Frank Millar, but I meant Frank Miller. I understand. And Alan Moore's The Watchmen. Okay. They started talking about Sandman uh, by Neil Gaiman. Oh, sure. And they just started, like talking they had a, like a big discussion about it and how it, i believe it won a hugo i'm gonna have to double check that one okay but it won a hugo and they uh had to change the award guidelines for that so that graphic really? couldn't win it anymore interesting um but that was the first time i heard of it okay and then my library had all of them and so I started how long is sandman. that series sandman was 10 volumes plus some you know satellite stuff and then we just sand- and the newest one which sandman, i guess you can count as volume 11 sandman overture it's yeah it's like Notice. a prequel Okay. And there's also Endless Nights and everything. So I'm so. sorry. What, so then Sandman was the first thing that you read by him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about you, Ben? Um, I think my first experience with Neil Gaiman was probably watching Stardust. Uh, kinda, me too. Yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing. Knew yeah. that, uh, and I watched Coraline around the same time. Okay. So I kind of entered my consciousness, but I didn't read anything by him okay. until probably a couple of years later. Yeah. I, I was, I, Stardust for me too was the, was the first thing that I really like sat down and watched, watched or read, you know, any of Neil Gaiman's work. And uh, I knew the name before then, but I, I really liked Stardust. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I loved it. And I also saw Coraline, which freaked me out. It, That's, it's a freaky movie. It's, it's a kid's it's movie, but I was thinking about it. Have afterward. you seen Coraline? Really got I, out of my I haven't seen Coraline. Uh, my sister has. Okay, I know we have the we have the graphic that it's based on here, in the in the YA graphic section. I haven't. Have you read it? Yes. I oh, have. really? Yeah, Is it yeah. Good? It's a, um, it's fairly similar, but yeah, okay. it's, it's still pretty creepy. It's, spooky, it's, a, like, it's a short read. I read it in an afternoon. The, like the whole doll world with the button yeah, eyes. Yeah, and, it's too much. Oh, it freaks yeah, me out. I mean, they added they added a decent amount for the movie. Did they? But, okay. Um, well, that's that's pretty standard. All right. All right. I need to make a correction. It was uh, Sandman number 19, which is a Midsummer's Night Dream, won World Fantasy Award in oh, 1991 okay. for okay. Best Short Fiction. So. All right. Uh, so now, I mean, do you would you consider yourself a Neil Gaiman fan? Yeah. Okay. I, I keep my... I mean, I don't read, like, fragile things. That's a collection of short stories. Yeah. I tend not to read anybody's, like, 
you know, short story collections right. and stuff. Yeah, I'm not a good I, short story fan. I do keep meaning to read Fragile Things and mm-hmm. the uh, other one. What was it called? Trigger Warnings? That is one. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did mean to read those, but uh, I've read a few of his books. For a long time, it was me trying to find a book of his that I like. Okay. That wasn't Sandman. So. Okay. But yeah, I, I feel like if you keep an eye out for the author, then you're a fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so Ben, did you, you so you watched Stardust? What was the first thing that you like read? Um, I think, I think it was Neverwhere. Neverwhere was the oh, first okay. thing that I read. Yeah, right. I actually, um, I we read, have that on our shelf yeah. at home, but I haven't read it. Yeah, hmm. uh, I read uh, Neverwhere for a class actually. Oh really? But, and I, okay. I didn't think I was gonna finish it at first. Like I start, I was, it like felt like it was gonna be really long, but mm. I. I got so into it, I blazed through it in like hmm. a day. I must have had a different experience with Neverwhere because I found it during one summer, and this was like before I was giving like fantasy a fair share of okay. uh, attention when I was reading books because I just didn't think I could get into it. And I read that the same summer I read uh, The Name of the Wind, okay. and they both like together made me think, oh, maybe I also like modern fantasy <laughs> novels. And I loved Neverwhere. Like I couldn't put it down. I loved the story. I wanted more. It felt like the it felt like the good parts of sandman maybe without all the creepy sex okay so uh <laughs> yeah no i love it you can actually listen to a radio uh teleplay that has uh, james mcavoy in the lead role oh, yeah i remember that. and benedict cumberbatch as uh the angel uh that's in the character and a few other people so okay did you we, we had a comment here one of our user comments uh, hillary on facebook says ocean at the end of the lane wins by far as a favorite i assume neverwhere was okay but seemed to fall into fantasy stereotypes more than i expected from game and maybe he was doing a thing do you think he was trying to like i've heard people like critique neverwhere as being like dull or uninteresting or having but that stuff but i like... think the point that she's making is that he was sort of trying to like do like genre i don't know, know sort of it's, a play on... it's urban like I said, I haven't read enough fantasy okay. uh, to be like an authority. I've read more sci-fi, and this was very early on. So if, even if it was and it was obvious, I probably wasn't picking up on it so much. It's urban fantasy, mm-hmm. which is the fantasy genre where there's the fantasy world in the modern day world as well. So Harry Potter and Twilight are both like urban fantasy, and so there's like this underworld kind of dimension that you can't really get to, but you can uh, under London. Okay, um, and it's that that's everywhere. Okay, so. Um, I mean, it's probably a little bit simpler than something like American Gods or The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Okay. But... The one uh, the one that I first read uh, was um, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, his DC uh, take on like, the was death of Was that really the Batman. first thing yeah. you ever read by yeah. Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Bowser, man. I know. I was never, it just never was really, like I said, I knew who he was. I'd seen some of the movies, but it was never something like, oh, I got to get into. And I actually sort of thought, like, when I first saw Stardust, I was surprised to learn that it was Neil Gaiman because I guess I thought that his stuff was like darker. It can be, you know, Sandman's I, dark. Well, sure. Yeah. Ben, I, have you read Sandman? Uh, I haven't. Okay. No, I don't. Well, yeah, so we got, Sandman is dark. American Gods is dark. Okay. We got uh, another comment we hear. Jeff on Facebook says, The movie Stardust was a cute story. Interesting characters. Lots of funny parts. I loved the band of Dead Brothers. So okay, I think yeah. the Stardust, Stardust, Stardust movie, it did pretty well. Yeah, it did. As I recall. I think Stardust is uh, like inherited the Princess Bride mantle a little oh, bit. Like, okay. I'm not saying it replaced Princess Bride, but, but it's like if you had to think of like a spiritual sequel to Princess okay. Bride... You Interesting. Know, if you like Princess Bride, you probably like Stardust. They have that same kind of like irreverent tone to fantasy tropes okay. and everything. But I really like Stardust. Stardust was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and I don't really know anybody who hated Stardust. 
Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't love it, but I don't know anyone who's like, oh, Stardust so have can't we? Stand have it. you read the book? You, I haven't Stardust, read Stardust. Okay, no. I know we have it. One of our comments, Laura on Facebook said, Stardust for three exclamation points, the novel. Yeah. So there's, there's a vote for the book. So. Okay. That's uh, one I've been thought about picking up. Stardust before, just because I starred it, Charlie Cox, who yeah. plays Daredevil, Daredevil on Marvel's day, Daredevil. Yeah, modern day Daredevil. So, all right. <clears throat> Have you read? I mean, I I've read a couple of his. Um, I've read a couple of his DC Comics stuff. Uh, I I read Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, which we talked about in our Batman episode. Did we? I oh, because so. it was one of your favorites. Yeah. Was it now, in my top five? I think, I think maybe so. it was. I, that was somebody's like it was least a, favorite Batman story. Okay, it but was up there. That's a great one. One another one that I read um, was Green Lantern, Superman, Legend of the Green Flame. And that was that was a cool. That has some, kind of a neat backstory. Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote this at a time um, right around when they were getting ready to like change everything. So they decided no one knows Superman's identity, and so they they got rid of the script and they never published it. And then like ten years later. Uh, somebody who had been involved in that sort of rose up in the in the ranks and thought, oh well, you know, it'd be great to do that Neil Gaiman story, and they couldn't find it. Like <laughs> nobody had a copy. Gaiman didn't have a copy, uh, and he he had showed it to a friend, and so he contacts his friend. The friend still has a copy. They bring it back. They publish it like ten years later. That's hilarious. So it was so crazy, but it was a cool one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sirens in the background. It was so you have you, neither of you have read this. No, Green Flame, Legend of the Green Flame. <laughs> okay, it was really cool. I mean, it was just you don't see those characters. Uh, Superman and, and Green Lantern just like hanging out together much. Right. It was kind of a, it had definite like fantasy elements, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like Neil Gaiman fans would probably enjoy it. Okay. Uh, but well, I really liked that. And then I also read Black Orchid, which right. was. Black Orchid was one of his earliest. Uh, I think it, it predates Sandman, it doesn't does. it? It does. It predates Sandman. I think it sort uh, of led to it. Yeah, it's. Um, they, they read Black Orchid and then offered him the job to uh, rewrite. Uh, the Sandman, because the Sandman used to be a different kind of like superhero. Yeah, who, like poured sand on people. To right. Make yeah. Sleep. Well, yeah. And he changed yeah. him completely. But right. did you like Black Orchid? Uh, or- I didn't. Orchid? I didn't love it. My wife read that as well, and she, I think she appreciated it more than I did. Like, I kept she, meaning to read it, and then things just kept getting in the way. She didn't. Got to... She didn't feel like, oh, what an enjoyable story. But like, she, she liked the arc of it. She liked like the 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 style and mm-hmm. the intelligence of it. Uh, I didn't click for me. I, Black Orchid is a is another classic like Silver Age character. Right. Uh, they didn't get a lot of play and was all but forgotten. And then he sort of brings her back and gives her this new. Uh, adapts her background, changes right. it. It's weird. I mean, it's hardly it hardly feels like a DC book, except you do have a couple of DC characters, uh, Swamp Thing, Batman, Lex Luthor, a few others, uh, show up and sort of remind you you're planted in there. For me, it didn't work. I thought it was kind of... Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was kind of an ugly, murky thing, and yeah. I, I didn't... You wouldn't like Sandman. I'm just going to tell no, you that I don't right think now. I, no, I don't think that I would <laughs> like Sandman. So Black Orchid didn't really work for me. I, if you ever read it, I would be interested to hear what you think. Because I know, okay. I mean, you're a fan of Sandman. You're a fan yeah. of Swamp Thing. I think you'd appreciate it more I than I did. I so Swamp Thing. I would like to hear um, what you think sometime. So in January 1989, he started uh, writing The Sandman, which is like his big early claim to fame. It's kind of what, you know, I mean, he did some earlier stuff. It's mm-hmm. a big one. I ran from 96, so 75 issues of those okay. 10 volumes. Uh, the big thing, I mean, for a while it was uh, selling more than Batman and Superman for mm-hmm. DC. But the oh, big yeah. thing, big business, I remember, was that Paul Levitz, uh, he's a DC Comics writer and executive. He says it was the first uh, success of a series of graphic novel collections hmm. uh, that was able to reach really? out and convert new readers, particularly young women. In fact, 
Sandman had uh, people used to say it was the one of the very first sexually transmitted comic books because <laughs> boyfriends would give their girlfriends the Sandman and uh. they would just get into it because really? it, a lot of times Sandman acts as like the character Morpheus Sandman acts as kind of like a Deus Ex Machina okay. in it. like he comes in to other people's stories a lot of times and okay. so usually those stories are about like these stronger female characters okay so um, hmm. it, I mean in the you know in the early 90s you would you know if you were a guy reading comic books and you were reading Sandman and your girlfriend asked you you know what was a good comic to read you'd give them Sandman really yeah hmm. so, I wouldn't have guessed that and I mean it was part of the vertical line and now vertical is kind of like a staple mm-hmm. of the DC comics yeah line, it's true so um, and it introduced the character uh the DC's characterization of Lucifer, who hmm. now has a Fox TV show. Oh. So hmm. that's based off of that character. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't realize. Quits hell and just goes, lives a life. Just yeah, chilling out. Yep. Okay. So, Have you read any of the graphic novels, Ben? Uh, any Gaiman's? Yeah, well, no. just any of Neil Gaiman's. I don't think so. Okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not All super right. aware of it. I know they've adapted, like, Graveyard Book is in... But that's in two they, segments. Yes, I they've feel adapted like a lot. it would be quicker just he to wrote, read the book. Uh, he has two big ones that he wrote for Marvel. Uh the Eternals and the Eternals were oh, like a yeah. older concept, uh, a Jack Kirby concept. Yeah, from Marvel had about these like characters that just couldn't die, um, and how you know, and he he just kind of brought them back. Okay, I think Marvel wanted to do a little bit more with them than they did mm. later on because of the story. But it's actually it's a pretty good story. It doesn't. I you know I didn't realize that was him. I haven't read it, but mm-hmm. I've, it's been on my radar. It's one that I've been wanting to read, but I didn't realize it was Neil Gaiman. John Romita Jr. does the art, and it's really good. Okay. Um, there's some neat concepts in there. It does a lot with the Celestials. I think it brought them back hmm. into the forefront. Um, and Marvel's done some stuff with them, but okay. it's a it's it's weird. If you don't know a lot about Marvel, maybe you would get into it because it doesn't really tackle... Like, Spider-Man's not in it. The X-Men okay. aren't in it. Mm-hmm. It's just these characters that, like, I had never heard of until I read it. Okay. So, and he wrote Marvel's 1602. Ah. Which no one will read no matter how many times I give yeah, it to them. It's true. It's so good. It's been on my shelf for a long... I, you'll get it back one of these All right. days. So one this is only, days. like, eight or ten issues. It's what would happen if the Marvel Universe had started in the year 1602 mm. instead of 1963. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's a cool concept. It's there, and the thing is, it's not just like what if. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why oh. the Marvel universe starts there. Like okay. it's kind of a mystery oh. um, of why it starts so soon. But you see all these characters. You see like Daredevil as like a traveling blind minstrel. Hmm. You see the X Men uh, just hanging out. Nick Fury is uh, the Queen's Shield hmm. and uh, training young Peter Parker. And there's shield. like all these names. Hmm. And every now and then, I like when reading, I was like, oh, it's this character. This. 1602 is like a great Doctor Strange series. Really? It's a great Doctor Strange story. I can see that fitting. So, the Fantastic Four get in there, and Doctor Doom is a big player. Not like he's, he's really good with the ladies, but right. he's a main player in yeah. the story. Yeah. So, I keep, I keep handing this player. to people. I'm like, if you like Neil Gaiman, or you just want to read like a good comic, you should read this. I gave it to Ben. Uh, ben, did you read it? I did not read it. This was a, there, this a there, revelation. There's a reason for it. I mean, okay. it was more personal pride than anything else, just because I had it sitting on my desk for probably about a month, and then there was a fire in my dorm room, and I got soot on the top of the cover, and I was just this too embarrassed to actually read it, so yeah. I was like, you I got it. gave it back to me. I said, I don't deserve this. I wiped off the cover and gave yeah. it back. It was so there scary, too, because when you told me, he's like, oh, my dorm caught on fire. I'm like, I lent him a comic book! <laughs> 1602! It's touching. Your concern is touching, I think. <laughs> I read that and like I got that Christmas Eve and just read it, bef- 
like that night. Mm. It was so good. Wow. And it's just sitting at your house. Yeah. Being held hostage. Yeah. It's in I, it's in many pieces. I'll have to find. Like you're not going to give various. it back to me until I rewatch like all Columbo with you. Is that right? Yeah, we have to at least finish Smallville. And oh, then, man. Then you can have it back. Okay. You better give it back. You better read it before your house catches on it's, fire. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah maybe that it's comes It's like the... a bad omen. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, well, even I've... my wife won't read it, and she says she loves Neil Gaiman. Yeah. I'm going to get somebody else to read this, and we're going to talk about how great it is someday. Yeah. I still want I think to, that yeah. you should. Well, hey, I, you know, I have a copy I can lend you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, before we move off Sandman, I just want to mention that he did write the... Um, Sandman, the main character, Morpheus, he's the endless of dreams, and his sister is Death, and she was kind of like a breakout character, and you see a lot of people cosplay of her. Maybe not so much anymore, but used to. Hmm. Um, and she had her own couple of spinoffs as well. You got the Death, High Cost of Living, and Death, The Time of Your Life. Okay. And both are actually really good, so I can't remember which one I liked more. Hmm. Apparently, I gave them both three stars. I really need Ben in here to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to show yeah, me where to, to be your buffer. So, and you're right. Well, he really he beat you up in our YA graphic novel episode. It was it was hard. Hey, are you enjoying Scott Pilgrim? Being I am. off topic I, for I a still, minute. I, I still am. Yeah, I'm, okay. uh, I'm on book book three now. Okay. So all right. Yeah, I still really like it. Yeah, I love that series. That's one great. Uh, one more Neil Gaiman graphic novel of DC. Okay. Um, it, it's almost kind of like a spiritual successor of Sandman in a way, but not really. It's called The Books of Magic. Oh, we have that. We do have it in our collection. It's about the character Timothy Hunter. And I don't know if you've read anything with DC where they mention him. I don't think so. I had never heard of him until this, but he's like this character, kind of like Harry Potter. And this came out in 93, so it's a little strange. He's that like nerdy glasses kind of kid. Turns out he's going to be like one of the greatest magic characters in the DC universe. And so all the magic characters in the DC, like Constantine, uh, Swamp Thing, Dr. Fate... um, you know, the Spectre, they all get together to, like, find this kid and bring him in and train him and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's whether or not he's going to be good or, you know, kill everybody mm-hmm. in the future. And it's, it's pretty quick. It's, it's just a nice, like, tour through DC's magic universe. Well, that sounds fun. So I think you, I think you might like it. It's not Maybe like... I will. It's not gross or weird. It's pretty good. Well, Zantana's forget it. in it. I like Zatanna. Yeah. Yeah, she's fun. Uh, we have a comment here. Uh, we've been talking about some of these things. Facebook user Kendra says, I love, there's a lot of O's, love Neil Gaiman. How many was that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Wow. The Ocean at the End of the Lane is probably my favorite. So that's, we've had a few of those now mm-hmm. that mentioned that one. Uh, though Neverwhere was also great. Uh, all that being said, I really did not like Sandman. A lot of people do, but it's too dark for me. So we have a vote against yeah. Sandman. Yeah. So. The first one is very dark. It starts with, uh, what's his name? Um, Dr. Destiny. He's a DC supervillain who like goes into people's dreams like a you know, four-color okay. Freddy Krueger, except it's pretty twisted in this one. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's rough. It starts off with one of the rougher stories. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, if you can get through that. But then I didn't read the first volume first. No. Nah. So yeah. I skipped it. I read I, the one where he visits hell oh. first. <laughs> oh, okay. So a nice uh, whimsical one. Yeah. Okay. So, well, here's another. Have either of you read Ocean at the End of the Lane? Yes. Oh, you I have? Ben? Okay. I, I know nothing about I, it. Because that seemed like it was really, I mean, we got a lot of comments on it. So I think that's... I listened to Ocean at the End of the Lane. Oh. Here's a fun thing. You were in surgery. Oh. Or you were in surgery, that but... That is fun. <laughs> it was fun. You were recovering, and I was yeah. traveling around yeah. uh, because you were better, and I could, it yeah. was okay for me yeah, to travel. You could, be, Anyways, uh, you could be happy again. So it was, that, it was during that time. That would be 2013. Yeah. That I, I listened to it uh, off of Audible. Okay. And Neil Gaiman, uh, he reads his stuff oh, okay. uh, himself. So he read that one. And it was really good. It kind of uh, lost me in the middle a little bit, okay. but it does really pick up. It's just about like this young boy who realizes there's a witch 
or some kind of like you know evilly evil hmm. magic woman who uh, is moved in nearby or no she's their uh, caretaker. It's okay. been a while since I read it, but it's just him and his. Uh, there's a neighbor girl who's also probably magic, and it's just about like a very young kid dealing with adults and trying to like solve this problem that involves adults and like how he can't because he's younger. Hmm. So he, interesting. Well, we got another uh, another comment here on Ocean at the End of the Lane. So, right. Facebook user Sarah, uh, the Ocean at the End of the Lane is great. The supernatural ele- elements are woven so seamlessly into this story that you almost don't realize that they're there at first. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the milk is a lot of fun and a good taste of gaming's whimsical side. I don't know what that is. I don't know all. what the milk is either. Okay. I thought that was maybe her describing the Ocean at the End of the Lane with like a colloquialism. I don't understand. <laughs> like you'll love the Ocean at the End of the Lane's milk. Like sure. <laughs> Um, you know what the ocean is good about the ocean at the end of the lane? I don't. It has like a timeless feel to it. Never mm. where you, you feel like it's modern day London. American Gods feels like it's modern day, but Ocean at the end of the lane feels like it could be any time. I'm, it feels kind of like it's off, like by this lake, or uh, it's the ocean. So I don't know why I say lake, but it's you know <laughs> it's it's over by there. It's on the shore. It's, it feels like far away from like the modern world. So it, okay. could, it feels like it could be set at any time. Mm-hmm. It feels like it could have been written like years or decades ago or t- today so it I, I think even one of the s- descriptions on the book says neil gaiman has the ability to write something that feels like it's already been told like hundreds of years ago okay and make it new hmm. so it's really good it's also pretty short so it's a good it's a good book to give somebody if they haven't read neil gaiman okay so yeah it is short i remember seeing that now i've i've read a lot of his uh, kids books He's got my son particularly likes. Ben, have you read a lot got, of the picture books? <laughs> I haven't. Okay, <laughs> he's got some that are like they're more I don't know like ten to twelve year olds. He's got a series of three. His most recent uh, kids books are follow a, a sneezing panda bear named Chew. Okay, and my son eats them up. So there's Tuesday, Chew's first day of school, and Tuesday at the beach. And they're yeah. all basically about a panda bear who I'm on board. Are, are they funny? You want in? They're not as good as you'd want them to be. But your son I was sort of like, eh, okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of build-up with the achoo. He, Sounds like your son gets is pretty time. easy to please. He's people. a baby, so oh, sure. you know, okay. he likes, he enjoys. He'll just come up with excuses yeah. for next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are fun. We have those over in the kids right. section. Uh, another one that I really... Well, let, let, do we have a favorite? Let's talk favorites. Have we already said this? Well, I mean, when we're talking about like any of his stories, I'm probably going to say Sandman. Okay. But again, I haven't reread Sandman, okay. and I'm not sure I should because it's kind of like one yeah, of those time and places dangerous. kind of thing. Yeah. But Neverwhere might be my favorite book okay. of his. All right. Ben? Um, it's, it's, it's hard to decide. I, I think my favorite probably would be the Graveyard book that I've read. But okay. I haven't read have to that talk about much. the Graveyard yeah. book. Okay. But right now? Never, never where I do really like. I just <laughs> I need to read it again and take more time with it. Yeah. Right. The Graveyard book is, is a young adult one. And Graveyard book won the Hugo Award, oh. uh, which is kind of a big deal for like a young adult fantasy book to win it. It's the same thing as like Goblet of Fire won that one. Um, Graveyard Book was when I was reading I realized that Neil Gaiman has a very Roald doll kind of feel when he tones it back mm. when he's not reading like Sandman you, re- you said you read Graveyard Book yeah I did. did you get like a Roald doll kind of feel like it kind of reminded me a little bit of The Witches or James and the Giant Peach a little bit yeah I can see it just uh, the whimsy of it yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a boy whose family is murdered and like he's a, ve- he's a baby and he crawls out of his crib and just crawls to a graveyard and the ghost take care of him and he's raised by ghosts in the graveyard mm. meanwhile the, the man who killed his family is out looking for him because he wants to finish the job okay. so it's just just kind of like a boy being raised by ghost story it's mm. it's really good though it's very it almost made me cry at the end really yeah 
I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I think well, that's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> let it out. Um, I read one. It, it was a kid's book, but I loved it. I thought it was so great. It, it's called Instructions uh, by Neil Gaiman, illustrated by Charles Vess. And it's basically you, you're following this guy who's, who's going through this, like, quest. You know, it has a bit of, like, a sort of a Narnia vibe. And you never get deep into the story. It just says things like, you know, this when you get to this cat, it will help you and mm-hmm. that sort of things. And it just... It gives you this really full picture of this adventure that this character goes on without ever really giving you any specifics. It's written like an instruction book. It's written like, oh, you're about to go on this quest. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. And the illustrations are really compelling. And just the format of it works so well. And I was really impressed with that. I loved it. I think that's, I mean, it's definitely the favorite that I've read, but I'm... I'm way behind as far as like reading Neil Gaiman, so you can take that with a grain of salt. But okay. I thought it was great. All right. I also really enjoy the the wolves in the walls. That's a that's a creepy, spooky one about wolves in the walls. I remember you saying, didn't that like kind of creep you out? It did. I mean, it just it, that's the one that felt like nightmare to me. Okay. It's like the the kind of logic that everybody talks right. and the way that people just accept these weird things. It felt like. It was very evocative of, like, a nightmare. But it was well done. Very well done. Did you um, ever read The Dark by Lemony Snicket? No. Oh, okay. Well, that one always has kind of like a... Uh, that one felt like it had a Neil Gaiman vibe okay. to it. Okay. I like Lemony Snicket, so I'll okay. check that out. Um, now, I was going to say, he has uh, the book. We haven't talked about American Gods. Hmm. That one... Uh, I think that one won the Hugo as well. Um, that was the first book I read of his. That is going to be a TV show on oh, Stars, yeah. I believe. I did, I did hear they were adapting um, it. And what's... Jillian uh, Anderson. Is it Jillian? Oh. Yeah. Or Gillian? Jillian. Jillian Anderson is going to be... Uh, it's Gillian of... Flynn from Gone Girls. Okay. What are you thinking of? So she's going to be in that as well. Oh, okay. So, uh, that must be coming out in fall. So that's uh-huh. going to be a... You know, a big one. People are pretty excited about oh, that. Oh, sure. So. We got one of our one of our listeners, uh, Facebook user Janny, says, "Well, I'm a huge fan of his novels, particularly American Gods. I like his short stories the best. My favorite collection currently is Fragile Things. Also, love Good Omens, the collaboration he did with Terry Pratchett. Okay. Like, do you read Terry Pratchett, man? Um, I've read a little bit, but okay, not you're not lot, like yeah. a fan. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah, know what this funny, is, but okay. Um, yeah, it is stars, so that's good to know." The first episode comes out in 2017 at some point. Oh, okay. It's, the showrunner is uh, developed by Brian Fuller, and he's the guy who's running the new Star Trek series. Oh, The Star okay. Trek Frontier? Dis- Discovery. Discover, uh-huh. right, yeah. So, hey, have you seen Star Trek yet, Ben? The Beyond? Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Isn't it good? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Saw it opening night. Yeah. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah. Cool. Anne McShane is going to be in the oh, show. Oh, I love Anne McShane. And, and he just Are you saying Anne? Because it's Ian. Ian McShane. Yeah. What did he just read? What was it? The audio oh book yes, that you we did for a yeah, book club? yeah. We did a Dick Francis book club called uh, "Odds Against," the first of his Sid Halley That's books. That's right. And uh, Ian McShane uh, read the audio. Right. He, was oh. a, he was a big hit. With you our, got uh, Crispin Glover is going to be in American nope, Gods. If you Chris, leave her alone, Kristen Chenoweth, Orlando ah. Jones, Orlando Jones. Fine, yeah, wow, he's back. Got him on a mothballs. Yeah. So, He's been waiting around for a sequel to The Time Machine wow, so he can come that back. Ma- yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and Ricky Whittle is playing the main character, Shadow Moon. And I don't is. know him. He was in the show Mistress and The Hundred. Hmm. Did you ever watch The Hundred? Yeah, I've seen, uh, it's based on a YA series. Stephen King loves it. He played Lincoln? I've read maybe the first season. I wouldn't remember. Okay. I need to go back. I, it's a competitive. It's fine. <laughs> Do you know that series at all? The no. 100? No. Okay, do we have those books? We must. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> See, I covered my bases. So yeah, you, you didn't say it. Well, we have one. Uh, I, I just one more of our comments that I want to read here. Okay. Facebook user Gregory says, "I've read some of his work and enjoyed it, and sometimes not so much. He's pretty prolific, though, so I guess there'll always be a few letdowns." And it, it seems that seems true. Like we back when we were talking about Joyce Carol Oates all the time, that was a big thing with her is that there's just so many and there's such a variety it's in true. her writing that it's like seems like with Neil Gaiman too. If you don't like one pick up another one because it's going to be different it's going to be you know maybe that'll be the one that, that it's true because right. when i first picked up american gods i got into it at first and then i didn't like it by the end okay and i was kind of disappointed like maybe i won't like neil gaiman and mm-hmm. then i read neverwhere and it was just so much more it mm-hmm. was different than american gods yeah and i really liked it uh in ocean and the end of lane is different than like any of that stuff so um and i guess he was written some with like he wrote Eternity's Wheel, and he had uh, Michael Reeves, so I guess he also writes with co-authors every mm. now and then. Okay, mainly Michael Reeves. He doesn't have a lot of novels. Um, that man. Oh, okay. So, a lot of children's books, though. Have you read Hansel and Gretel? Did you say that one? No, you know I put a I put a hold on it, and they couldn't find it. So, all right, we, we don't have, have the it in Sleeper our library. and the Spindle. And it says it's a children's book, but I have that in our young adult collection. Mm. So maybe we'll yeah, have that's to give long- that one. Well, a, that's longer. Yeah, that's maybe longer. We'll have to check that one out. So. I do keep meaning to read his shorter stuff. Oh, things been on my <laughs> I see. Watch Sorry, you know, uh, the, the comment from Sarah about the milk. The full title is Fortunately the Milk. I thought she was saying Fortunately the Milk, but that's what it is. Fortunately the Milk. Uh, came uh, okay. out in 2013. <laughs> uh, it's a, yeah, sure. a kid's book, 128 pages. All right. So. Yep. So. yep. Um, Blueberry Girl was weird. Is that a kid's a It is, book? yeah. It's just, it's really like, I don't know. It's I was very excited to find out he does children's books. Yeah? When I, I was working at another library and I was shelving, I'm like, you know, Gavin writes picture books for kids? Yeah. I was like, I can't write. There's one I about think... dad. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, uh, yeah, I read that. Um, the Day I Swapped My Dad for a Goldfish. Maybe that's it. Yeah. For so, two goldfish. That's good that's one? a fun one. Yeah, I mean, he trades his dad for goldfish, yeah. and then his mom gets mad, so he has to go back. But each person has already swapped, and so he's got to go through several steps All to right. get his dad. It's like bigger <laughs> and better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, right. I really enjoyed his kids' books. The only ones that I've come across that I would say are really, like, easy reader picture books would be the, the three Chew books. Sure. And yeah, maybe other, uh, Sam and Endless Nights. Yeah, Sam, yeah, kids love that. Kids so. love the dark <laughs> yeah. brooding. Let's talk movies for a minute. So we've talked about um, Stardust and Coraline. Uh-huh. He's got a few others. Mirror Mask? That was on Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. Okay. Um, I haven't Actually, we one. have it here. I checked it out. I was hoping to watch it over the weekend, but I, I didn't get a chance. It's a Jim but... Henson one, too, I think. Is not, it? Not the actual Jim Henson, right, but I think Jim, Jim Henson, Henson worked with it. Studios? Okay. So. so I haven't seen Mirror Mask. I haven't seen his Beowulf that he wrote the screenplay for. 2007. Is that the CGI one? I think so. Wait, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah? That was... Any good? I mean, it had a cool dragon fight. <laughs> I did see Beowulf. It, no. no. I, I've never read the book, or whatever you call Beowulf, poem. He's uh, he's written an episode of Babylon 5. There you go. The, the Day of the, the Dead. dead. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. He's also Pulled written... that right out. Was it good? Uh, yeah, I do remember liking that episode. Do you like Babylon 5? It, it's, it's decent. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen enough. Right. But you know like, the episode right. that he wrote? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've read up a little bit about oh, it. Okay. Yeah, he's got it. He, I, you're probably going to Doctor Who, he's written several episodes. He's Doctor written several Who. episodes. Yeah. Uh, what was the first episode he wrote? When was that? Cause uh, I remember series it, 6, 2011. Yeah, okay. So that was like, you know, a big deal when that happened. Because yeah. everybody was like, of course it's going to be great. And then I think, it. what's the episode called? Doctor's Wife. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know either. That, we're not, we're not the ones up, to ask about yeah, this. Yeah, we'll have to get some Doctor <laughs> Who experts on here. Yeah. To know if it's a good yeah. episode. If only we knew some. I'd yeah. never find any. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so not not too many. I actually was expecting there to be more movie adaptations, but it's really, I mean, for like, seems like Stardust well, is kind of the... like I said, American you know, Gods is going to be a TV yeah, show. Yeah, TV show. And, uh, right. I think Neverwhere might have been a... Um, it was a miniseries. A miniseries, thank yep. you. So, it's a miniseries first, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Miniseries like is what started it. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's weird. He was also on The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> No, they've, cool. been, they've been trying I think to everyone's been on Sandman the for years with like I don't know yeah like last person tough. who threatened to do that was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Ooh. so he the thing with Benedict Cumberbatch would be a good Sandman mm-hmm. in my opinion okay. but they're probably not going to do that um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's wouldn't be terrible as like a young like Morpheus mm-hmm. I just think that Cumberbatch but I've never seen Cumberbatch's uh, name set with it okay. it's, it would be impossible to to turn into a movie. It's just so big in scope. Hmm. I mean, every issue is sometimes alluding to different issues that's never, like, super chronological. Okay. So, um, apparently, he helped do the English dub for Princess Mononoke. Oh, yeah. My absolute favorite. Uh, yeah, I heard that, too. Uh, Miyazaki hmm. films, but Studio Ghibli. So, that's great. That's all. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So, uh, so just to wrap it up, do you have a final? What would you guys say if you were gonna? I'm not gonna be helpful on this, but if you had a, a this is a Neil Gaiman to read. Like, what would you? Let's say a teen for you. If a teen comes in interested in Neil Gaiman, where a do you teen? think you'd start? Yeah, a teen. Well, I mean, I guess there's the Graveyard Book. Uh, we have a lot of like the graphic novel yeah. adaptations. We have Coraline in the Graveyard Book and another one. I think Coraline was a graphic novel first. Okay. Um, it's tricky because I always thought Neverwhere was the one to hand to people, mm. but every time I suggest it, people just can't really finish it. Okay. So, I don't know, man. I would want to say Neverwhere. Okay. But I mean, I guess if it was a teen, it'd be the Graveyard Book or uh, Neverwhere. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, so uh, well, it looks like I mean he's got things all across the board. He's got novels. He's got kids' books. He's got short story collections, uh, graphic novels. Neverwhere was actually comics, recently you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, contested. Oh, high school. Okay. I think it was last. I think it was even during the book band, uh, band book week, uh, that it was happening at a high school, or maybe it was the week before. So it was just like this year or last okay. year. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, ben, so if you're Ben didn't answer that question. I'm sorry, Ben. If I what was, would you recommend? Well, I mean, game? I'm not really familiar with the graphic novel stuff. Okay. Um, That's all right. But uh, I would. Yeah, I would probably say Graveyard Book. It's just the easiest. It's got mm-hmm. the big Newberry Medal award yeah, thing on the helpful. front. That's you right. know. Although we've learned it doesn't really help sales, but <laughs> it's, it's good to know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, well, we have tons. We have we have the kids' books. We have YA. We have everything. So you can stop in here and check them out. Yeah. Or go to your local library and request them yeah, if you don't live nearby. Sure. Uh, speaking of local libraries, Eric, this place is hopping. We just, we just finished our summer reading program. Yeah, Ben, you missed it. Yeah, sorry, sorry. bud. You, you okay. didn't get in. You didn't get in. You were just so, it up. So um, <laughs> we wrapped all that up. Yeah, we're we wrapping up the book sale right now. you got a few more days to catch in, catch the bag sale, three bucks uh, for all you can carry, really. You know, if yeah. you want to bring a wheelbarrow and fill it up, we won't stop you. You just have to give us three bucks. <laughs> yeah. So um, our book clubs right now are reading for adults. We're reading uh, Light and Ruins by Chris Bahalian. And, oh, let me look at the cover. Bye, Nick. Oh, he's back. Face of the Stranger by Ann Perry is okay. uh, what Paige Turner's is reading. So those are our currents. You can pick one I'm of those signed up, up and join for us anytime. Some of your book clubs, but they're never... They never come. No, you you signed up for all late ones. You're doing October. Uh, lo- we read love- them in September. Talk about them in October. Yeah, you're doing Love May Fail. Matthew Quick's coming up. You're doing Dean Coons Frankenstein, and uh, Girl on the Train. Girl on the Train. Also October. Oh wow. So yeah, Pretty you're coming good. up. You're gonna. Well, luckily, busy. I already read Girl on the Train. Yeah. But still, 
Uh, we got a few movies showing in the auditorium. Do uh, we? Yeah, we sure do. Uh, up next, we have our Wednesday morning matinees for kids. Uh, those are going to continue through the month. Up next, Wednesday morning, 1030, uh, is Ice Princess. That's the 10th. Yeah. Sorry, Michelle Trackenberg. Michelle Trackenberg, uh, that's Buffy right. fame or Pete and Pete? Fame? I would say Harry the Spy. But, okay. you know, that's, that's going way back. All right. So uh, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, Music on the Lawn's got yeah. one more this coming Thursday night. We have The Fools. Mm-hmm. Make sure you check that out. And what about teens, Eric? You got anything? We're kind well, of we're showing our... Batman v Superman this Wednesday. So that's uh, sorry. August. <laughs> our apologies to those who are going to watch yeah, Batman. Yeah, that's v August Superman. 10th at five thirty. Um, and then it's just Teen Anime Club um, at five thirty every Wednesday night uh, until September when we're going to start. Some stuff. We're going to start doing an official. Uh, like card game after school oh, programs, so, okay. you know Yu Gi Oh, Magic, Pokemon. So I didn't realize Pokemon cards were still like as popular as they are. Really? But they are. Yeah. Okay. So Naruto, he's yeah. also a card game. Okay. Some of the kids play. So. So that's going to be a new regular program. You're going to start. Yeah, a, a card. we're going to we're okay. going to try launching that and see how it goes. Okay. So we already have some kids just hanging around the library playing Great. it. So we'll see if they'll keep going. And then. Yeah, we just got to now. It's just kind of like waiting until school starts in September for team programs. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we're, back in the game okay so well remember folks and any programs on your end yeah anything anything coming up he's taking a break any uh any new you know music for us theme song yeah we need some new we got a few more all right we'll we'll send you the themes that we need and you can you can get back to us we really dropped the ball not having him bring his guitar i know played this theme that was a mistake it would have been great that was a mistake all right well remember you can uh you can always find us at twitter at all the book show uh, Facebook, David A. Howe Public Library. You can email us at wellsville at stls.org. We'd love to hear uh, thoughts on new... Uh, well, Ben Ben suggested a segment. He wants us to talk about audiobooks. Sure. Uh, audiobooks, readers, all the different things yeah. there. So that's that's one suggestion. So we'd love to hear any author spotlights you want us to do, any topics you want us to cover, uh, any general comments. Send them our way. And remember to rate us on iTunes. You can find us at SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud.com, iTunes, YouTube. YouTube. You, you can check out. Our, uh, remember, episode fifty is a uh, full video. Yeah, the, so you, you can see what we look like. Yeah, see how see how great. Yeah, one of us our looks. Our profiles. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben, for episode fifty-one. I will try to keep Eric from uh, bashing your Goodreads reviews. Uh, <laughs> I want to give luck. you a, a special thank you and tribute for your time as the co-host of this show. Uh, yeah. Your 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 run was excellent. It burned uh, bright. It was flawless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a like the, a star you just. I, I would like to think. Too high. Uh, if Aaron, I had it's a... always great to have you back too. So uh, I missed Me? you. While, I missed you while you were gone. It's good to have you back in hey, the chair. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. So yeah. and also, happy thirtieth birthday. Thanks, man. Oh yeah. wait, hold on, hold on. Van, oh, while I find wait, what color is mine? What hold color on. is yours? <laughs> hold on, here we go. You got green. Oh man, here I'm gonna have go. to watch the video. Happy thirtieth birthday. <laughs> okay. All right. So next week we celebrate a year. That's right. So Exciting probably nothing stuff. like super big like our no. 50th. No. But still, a year. We, we went big with our 50th. Yeah. So if you guys want to send us cash. Be good. Yeah, cash or just any kind of just gifts. Just send cash to the library. We'll be fine. So. All right. Say goodbye, Ben. Bye. <laughs> See you next time, folks.